we have been talking about so many wonderful things, but the Lord put in my heart a message. I didn't know how to caption it, so I still picked the caption from the verse. And that is Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Second Peter. I'll read from the King James Version this time around because it looks as if that is where the caption, you know, is well communicated or the understanding is well communicated in the verse 2. I'm talking about multiplied grace and multiplied peace. Someone say multiplied grace. Multiplied peace. I can tell you that the items on God's timetable. That is where we are getting to. And that is why this message, hallelujah. In case you have never enjoyed the grace we have in Christ Jesus, today and forever, I pray that that grace will be multiplied. And in case you have never enjoyed the peace that we have in Christ Jesus, I pray that after this service, that peace will be multiplied. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe that everybody who has done basic mathematics knows about addition, subtraction, division, and then multiplication. Am I right? All right. Let's read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 in the King James Version of the Bible then you appreciate why we are talking about multiplied grace, multiplied peace. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. And I like from the King James Version, the next line, he says, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. When you look at the New King James, I wouldn't be able to communicate with the New King James because the New King James said that grace and peace be multiplied to you, he said, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. But I prefer through for a reason. Because the emphasis is actually how to get or how to obtain or how to enjoy multiplied grace and multiplied peace. To begin with, if you are in Christ Jesus, because this message is not to everybody. It is to those who have obtained like precious faith. What does that mean? He's talking about those who are in the faith. Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. So those in the faith are being addressed here. Am I talking to believers in the faith of, of Jesus Christ? Remember, we were saved by grace through faith. But from the verse 2, we can see that this grace can be multiplied. It therefore presupposes that that same grace can also be divided. It also means that that same grace can be subtracted. And it also means that that same grace 
can be added. And when it comes to addition and multiplication, I think multiplication is preferred to addition. Am I right? It is better to receive multiplied grace than added grace. Because if you are adding, it will be one after the other. But multiplied, it can move from three to nine hundred. Hallelujah. And I see grace being multiplied in our lives. Glory be to God. So, the epistle was written to those who have obtained like precious faith. It's not an ordinary faith. Listen, our faith in Jesus Christ is not ordinary. It's a like precious faith with us. In other words, it is the same faith. The same faith that brought others into Christ is what has also brought you and me into Christ. And Apostle, Paul, uh, Apostle Peter is saying that, he said that to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, the message is grace and peace be multiplied. How? Through the knowledge. I'm still reading from the New King James here. He said in the knowledge. The King James says, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What does that mean? It means that though we were saved by grace through faith, and remember, when you are saved, your spirit is recreated. Every born again child of God has a recreated spirit. And for your information, listen to this one. Everything in this world depreciates with time, including our mortal bodies. Do you agree? Everything depreciates with time. The only thing in this world that does not depreciate with time is the recreated born again spirit. The, the you in you. The one who is not born again, his spirit does not, I mean, stay constant. In fact, his spirit deteriorates. His spirit is, gets corrupted with time. But the one who is born again, who has the new life in him or her, the one who has been recreated, he is the only person or she is the only person whose spirit appreciates. It gets Bible says that though our outward man perishes, our inward man is renewed day by day. So the one who is not born again, I cannot talk for that individual. I don't know even what happens to that person. I, I believe that as Bible says, evil men shall worse, worse and worse. So they get worse and worse in their spirit. The closer they get to the, the day of judgment, the more damned their spirit is. The more uh, empty their spirit is, the more horrifying their experiences are, the more terrifying. It's like you know that one day you're going to account to God for your existence on earth. And at the same time, there is a vacuum in that individual who is not born again. That vacuum gets amplified with time. So those who are not in Christ Jesus, they may not tell you. They may dress nicely. They may live, you know, comfortably in this life, but if you should get close to them and listen to the, the heartbeat in their hearts, they will tell you, the heartbeat will tell you that they are very empty. It doesn't matter what they get in this life. They can get the whole world. 
But so long as the soul has not been converted, so long as the spirit has not been recreated, they are empty. Hallelujah. But we who have obtained that like precious faith, there is a satisfaction. Listen, nothing can satisfy than knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He gives that grace. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Let's not take it for granted. Then the same recreated spirit has something else. It is called the fruit of the spirit. People, because of the way the English Bible translated it in Galatians chapter 5, had said that it was a reference to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I dare say no, and a big no. Now, that is not to say that the Holy Spirit doesn't bear fruit. He bears fruit. In fact, that is him. The Holy Spirit is love. He is joy. He is peace. He has all the qualities. So it's not even about him. If you look at Galatians 5 in context, Apostle Paul was making a comparison, and you can take your time and find out, a comparison between the works of the flesh. Let's call it the fruit of the flesh. What the flesh, what this physical body produces, and what the spirit also produces. So you can't compare your flesh with the Holy Spirit. Do we do that? You compare your flesh with your spirit because you are spirit, soul, and body. So it is you comparing yourself with yourself. So when he spoke about the works of the flesh, then he now laid it side by side. In the English language, we say just oppose it with the spirit. The works of the flesh are evident, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, all that, that, that. Then he said, but the fruit of the spirit. So it is works of the flesh or fruit of the flesh and then fruit of the spirit. So when you go to Galatians 5, maybe let me just read that for your information. Galatians 5 from verse 22. When he was talking about the fruit of the spirit, look at the fruit of the spirit. Verse 22, it says that, um, all right. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit, you see, in the New King James, and I've not even checked the King James, I'm, I believe they also did the capital S. So, everywhere, you may think that it's, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit, but it's the, the, the Spirit in you, the you in you, the recreated Spirit is what he's referring to here. Please, am I communicating? The fruit of the recreated spirit is what? Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. You can't even put law on the Holy Spirit. So it cannot be the Holy Spirit. He is saying that you who are born again, you have these things in you. And there is no law that is going to forbid you from walking in love. There is no law that is going to forbid you from walking in joy or in peace or long-suffering. There is no law that will arrest you for exercising long-suffering. There is no law that will query you for exhibiting goodness or gentleness or self-control. Are you there? Do you see why God can judge us? God can judge us because he has put in us in our recreated spirit, when you are born again, what it takes to do right. So when we do wrong, he will tell you that, but this was in you. It's like I've programmed you to fly, okay, and you have decided to crawl. So wouldn't he, I mean, doesn't he have the right to judge us? He has programmed us to have what it takes to live above the laws of men. Though we are not lawless, we are above the law, and yet we are not lawless. 
Can I say that again? I said we are what? About the law. There should not be any law that should, for instance, let's say uh, road traffic regulation that says that don't cross red lights. You shouldn't be arrested for crossing red lights. Because in you is the innate ability to do the right thing as a good citizen to stop when red shows at you. Hey, hey. Somebody said it's not like that too. It means that you have chosen not to live, you know, the good Christian life. That's all. So if the laws of the land get you, it means that you yourself, you need to be punished and to be awoken to the reality that you were a good example to others who are watching. Because if a believer should be arrested, I'm giving an example for crossing red light, it means that what example then are you showing to the outsiders who are looking up to you? That's just an example. In us is what it takes to do right. Said so that when they look at you, they look at you as a living epistle. They may not have access to the Bible, but when they look at you, they can read the Bible through you, through your good deeds. Because there's goodness in you, there's gentleness in you, there's self-control in you. Hallelujah. There's long-suffering in you. There is kindness in you. There is faithfulness in you. The King James says faith is there. Hallelujah. So one of the aspects of the illness, one fruit, it is like when you cut a mango, no, mango is not the right example, orange fruit into two. You see that there are various sessions, segments within the same mango fruit. How am I saying mango? Orange fruit. Orange fruit, is that right? So these are various segments in the same fruit. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They are all within the same fruit. Hallelujah. But today, we are talking about multiplied grace and multiplied peace. So I just wanted to draw your attention to the fact or the truth that joy is in you. And that joy can also be multiplied. Oh, he told us, Jesus said, he said, Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you may receive, that your joy may be full. There is also peace in you, and that peace can be multiplied. And the example, or how to get it, is through the knowledge of God. Let me go back to the King James. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Someone say, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Can you say that again? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The word knowledge here in the Greek is epignosis. What is epignosis? That is exact, accurate, full, complete knowledge. In the world to come, for instance, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when he was talking about love, he says, now we know in part, and that is ginosko. Ginosko is partial knowledge. Revelation knowledge that is given you for the now. So long as we are in this container, this body, Okay, so long as we live within the curtains of this physical body, the limitations of the physical body, it doesn't matter how, let me still use that word, beacious. It doesn't matter how big or amplified 
your revelation is, is still partial knowledge. So now, presently, we know in part, we ginosko in part, and then we prophesy in part. But then, in other words, when we shall put on our glorified bodies, when we shall be like him, when we shall see him face to face, and we are transformed on the outside, we are already like him on the inside, then shall we epignosco. Then shall we have exact, accurate, complete, full knowledge, even as we are epignosco. Then shall we know, even as we are known. In other words, throughout eternity, after we have seen Jesus face to face, it's going to be an intercourse of knowledge. Think about it. The more you know him, the more you realize that you haven't known him. And throughout that is why we, eternity will never be boring. Let me tell you the fact. I said what? Eternity will never be boring because you will discover that, oh, I didn't know this one. I didn't, and throughout eternity, whilst others are languishing in the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels forever, we will be having an intercourse of knowledge forever. Please, which one is your choice? Can I ask? Which one is your choice? Do you want to choose languishing in the everlasting fire forever or you want to have knowledge that is complete listen this God is too deep so apostle Peter is telling you and me that you want to have you have grace because by grace you are saved through faith you have peace because it is part of your recreated spirit but you can also live in multiplied grace and multiplied peace and there is nothing like that and there is nothing that can compare to that that's what I mean. There is nothing that can compare to a life reflecting multiplied grace and multiplied peace where you can sleep on a pillow in the midst of a storm. Hallelujah. It's called multiplied peace. Jesus said, peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, so give I to you. Listen, the world has its peace. The peace of the world is only outward. They put elements together, like those who go to peacekeeping missions. All they do is just trying to do something externally to put people together. But true peace comes from within. You know that song? We used to sing it in Sunday school. Peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Someone say within. Peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. The blood of Jesus whispers peace it comes from within where in the midst of turmoil I don't know whether you have been in trouble before anybody who has been in trouble before <laughs> I don't know whether you have gone through storms before I remember one day somebody asked me a question this was the year 2000 something had happened and everybody was agitating we were in a queue to board Trotro, and I was standing there with the quietness of peace, the calmness of peace. And the person came and said, Ah, but why are you not afraid? And I look at it, I said, Why should I be afraid? Something is working on the inside that gives me calmness. Again, in the university, I remember exams time, you know, exams time, people are. 
one lady came to ask me, but why is it that at some time you alone, you are, you seem to be calm. I said, but why should I be agitating? Because it's going to be exams time. No! There is something that keeps us, listen, the peace of God is what anchors us in the midst of storms. That's why I was asking, anybody who has been in storms before, depending on your knowledge of God, you will, you will go with the storm or you will stay put in the midst of the storms. When you know God, and you know your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the knowledge you have about God and about His Son Jesus Christ is what will give this multiplied grace and multiplied peace. I'm telling you, it's knowledge. It's epignosis. The exact accurate knowledge. For instance, when you get to know that it was while we were still sinners. Please, I don't know whether you've ever meditated on that. It was while we we're still sinners. Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That alone will give you the assurance that it is not now that when you mess up, that you start querying yourself, hey, me pa, am I saying, is it me pa? Then you have started walking in what? Self-righteousness because even when we didn't qualify, he reached out to us. Even when we had, we had rejected him, he accepted us in the beloved. Ephesians 1 says. So when you get to know that about God, you have multiplied grace, multiplied peace. Your knowledge about God and his son Jesus Christ, and it can't take this service to tell about the knowledge of God and son Jesus Christ. I said it will take throughout eternity to know this God. So the little we know, cherish it. And long to know him more. Apostle Paul, after 30-something years in ministry, when he was about exiting the earth, he so prayed and said, that I may epignosco him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, so that if by any means I shall be, you know, I shall also obtain the resurrection of the dead. I'm telling you, the man had gotten to know that indeed he couldn't have made it throughout ministry without knowledge about God and about his son Jesus Christ. I don't know what you don't know, but we ought to know. Hallelujah. And the more we know, the more we shall long to know because that's what's going to be our experience throughout eternity. Throughout eternity, you get to know that God is love. I said you get to know that God is what? Is love. I said, God is love. You have no idea. That's what the Bible says. If you, oh Lord, he said, if you, Lord, oh Lord, should mark iniquities, who shall stand? Psalm 130 verse 3. Then he said, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. The forgiveness of God is unimaginable. You have no idea the things we have done. The things that are in us that can enable us to do, I mean, can be a mess. What am I saying? What was in us, which has been washed away, we could have been the worst sinner out there. So when you look at a sinner and you are judging somebody who would cause murder, who would kill another person, you may think that, oh, but why should such a person do this? It could have been you and me. If not for Jesus, who washed that nature, the sin nature away. That nature, that made us sinners, has been washed away. That is why today we can stand and say that I will not do this. 
But we do not boast in that. We just know that it is multiplied grace and multiplied peace that does not make us do what the, the, the evil ones out there do. So we will long that one day they will also come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and know this God and know his son Jesus Christ and also receive grace and peace and above all multiplied grace and multiplied peace. Please, am I communicating? I know God brought this message at this time because in the last days of June 2021, this is 20th, 10 days from now, this is a month of testimonies. God wants to multiply grace and multiply peace so that Uben will say, Oh, you're Bible says, Faithful is he who called you, who has called you, who will also do it. You will get to know by the close of this man that it didn't take your might, it didn't take your righteousness, it didn't take your effort, it didn't take anything from us. It just took our knowledge of him, knowing that. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That knowledge has brought something good in your life and then you will be the next to testify. I see us in the month of July enjoying peace and contentment. Amen. I'm telling you, that is why this message at this time, multiply grace and multiply peace because God wants you and me to know that he cares about us. First Peter 5, 7, he says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Can you tell yourself, Jesus cares for me? Jesus cares for me. If somebody tells you in your face that I don't care, you just tell him, okay, don't quarrel, don't fight back. Tell him, okay, Jesus cares. And smile back at him, okay, Jesus cares. They'll wonder, which kind of peace is this? I thought that if I tell you I don't care, you come and beg. No, we don't beg. Jesus cares. Are you there? Jesus cares. If somebody walks out of your life, nothing is worked out because there is, there is one who stands by. Bible says he is a very present help in time of trouble. I am just showing you knowledge about God and about his son Jesus Christ so that I will bring multiple peace. The more you get to know about God and God is his word. I hope you know that the word was God. So you will get to know God through his word and by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us, gives us revelation, gives us insight and these things are what bring multiplied grace multiplied peace. From today, if there is anything subtracting grace and peace, we arrest it in the name of Jesus Christ. If there is anything that is dividing your peace and the grace of God, we arrest it in the name of Jesus Christ. May you move from added grace to multiplied grace. Amen. May you move from added peace to multiplied peace. Amen. How? Through the knowledge of our God, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, Amen. through the knowledge of God. Get to know this God for yourself. Do what? Get to know this God for yourself. Long to know him for yourself. So that when men have said that this one is, a, is you are finished, you just tell them that, see, I know my God. Apostle Paul said it in 2 Timothy 1.12. He said, for I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I don't know what you've committed to God. Let me tell you, even when we didn't qualify, that's the basis of my trust in God. When I didn't qualify, he qualified me by his blood. 
Amen. I don't know what else he cannot do. No wonder Apostle Paul said in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Not for some of us. Not for the righteous ones. Not for a select few. For us all. You are included, I'm included. Say, I am, I am there also. I'm included. I am there also. I'm included. He asked the question, how shall he not with him also freely give us some of the things? Is that what he said? How shall he not with him also freely give us the things that, you know, he alone cares about? I no. mean, he gives us all, all things. Bible says he gives us all things to enjoy. It's in the Bible, First Timothy 5. He said that charge them that are, are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Listen, the riches of this life, Bible calls it uncertain because it can be here today and tomorrow is dissolved. It's uncertain riches. They said, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So you think God is not interested in you enjoying? You will enjoy this month. Amen. And for the rest of this year, I see us enjoying. Amen. Oh, yes. That is why Jesus said that you will not only, anybody who has left father, mother, and abandoned everything, you will not only receive everything in this life, you will receive everything in this life with persecution and in the life to come, eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. So enjoyment galore. Amen. I said what? Enjoyment, Enjoyment galore. galore. Let them criticize. Let them condemn. But that's our calling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm bringing my message to an end because I know that it will not take 30 minutes, one hour to still talk about the knowledge of God. My, uh, my assignment this morning is just to come and find out what do you know about God. You know, there's a program we, we used to watch on television, on radio. What do you know? And you remember that quiz master, what do you know? And they will ask all the questions, what do you know? I think it's one of the best programs ever aired in this country. What do you know? My question this morning is, what do you know about your maker? The one who, who saved your soul. What do you know about him? Do you see him as a fault finder? That when God comes around, all he's looking for is, ah, Today you have messed up. Then he gives you a knock. No. Is that all you see him? No. If that is how you relate with him, you know, the prodigal son had that kind of problem because he realized that he had messed up big time. And I put my shoes in the shoes, I put myself in the shoes of this prodigal son. He said that, look, I will arise and go back to my father. I'm, I'm glad that he recognized his father as a father again. Hallelujah. Amen. No, he had taken all that belonged to him. He, for our father was alive, he allowed father to divide the inheritance and sent him away. In fact, he actually went away. And Bible says that he led a riotous life. He lived, you know, he, he lived enjoying himself without reference to the father until he got to a place where he was now eating with pigs from the same bowl. Please think about it. But one day, Bible says he came to himself. It's my prayer that in case you think that God doesn't care, you will come to yourself. Like the prodigal son. Bible says he said to himself, I will arise and go back to my father and say to him, I am not even fit to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants and just, you know. But whilst he was going, the Bible said the father also saw him from afar off and ran to embrace him. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, if you get to know this God, you get to know that even your sins, and I'm not saying we should go and sin, even your sins will not stop him.
from loving you because he loved us Amen. while we were still sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was because he knew we could not save ourselves. That is why he loved. He, he knew that this one, I can, I can help him to become a better person. And I can even transform him from within. I will change the engine and put a new life in him and put a new spirit in him and give him the ability to love me back. He experimented it through his son and it has worked. Hallelujah. That's why today Amen. we can say happy Father's Day to our Father in heaven also. Amen. Are you there? May our Father be happier with us because he has given us the ability. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. If you are pleasing God, it's not your mind. To, he works it in you by his spirit and by his word. He does that connection. He gives you the repentant heart. In case you have messed up, he gives you the opportunity to say, Father, I am sorry. Some turn their back on God and never, I mean, never, never. And that's the error we are getting to. The era of apostasy, where some people are trying to now believe in their good works. You get up in the morning, go and work hard, get money, and come and leave. Are you there? There is nothing wrong with hard work. We must work hard. But when you make it look like you are living in a very developed country, so that is heaven. And those who are living in, in, in this country are living in the bush. And you are condemning everything, including condemning the knowledge of God and His Son Jesus Christ. And that it, 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 we, we, I mean, all these things are fake. And that what matters in life is hard work. Get up, go and work hard, get money. Ah, bah. For if in this life only we have hope in Christ, if all you are living for is just this life, then you have all men most miserable because one day you discover, I saw a very beautiful house. I admired the house so much. Then I said, oh, I remember Peter said that saying that all these things shall be dissolved. In other words, it doesn't matter how beautiful the house is. It doesn't mean anything. Because in our hometown, the streets, not just gold, though. It's gold that you can see your face. When you are walking, you can see your face literally in the streets. Amen. In that city, when you swim in the river, the river doesn't go around you. It goes through you. It ministers peace. Are you there? Amen. The river flows through you. Ever have that experience in this life before? That is what is awaiting us when we arrive in heaven. Amen. It goes through you. It enters through I can imagine the exhilarating feel. When this river flows through you, when you step on the grass, it doesn't crumble. It, it pops up back. Everything is fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah. Everything is fresh and flourishing. That's the God we are connected to. So he is not looking at what you are looking at. He wants you to know him and know his son, Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus? This Jesus, remember, at a point in time when it mattered most, and I'm ending with this one. When it mattered most, when he realized that, see, it was deeper than he ever appreciated and thought that he had to drink into his spirit my sin and your sin. He had to. It was called the cup of iniquity. When he dreaded it, why did he dread it? Because he had never known sin. He was the only human being born into this life without the sin nature. Adam corrupted his righteous nature with sin because he inherited it from 
Lucifer. And he passed it to all his descendants. So Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not because we did wrong, but because we were born that way. Because sin is not primarily what you do, but primarily who you are. But this man was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary. And he lived in this life, was in all points, Bible says, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Do you know why? Had he sinned once, his blood would have been stained with sin. So therefore, his blood wouldn't have been that efficacious to wash my sin. So it was, he had me and you in mind that, hey, I'm not going to mess up. Do you know he was also tempted with the glory of this world? Satan told him after his 40-day fast, he said that, look at everything here. And the glory thereof. I will, he said, all belong. He said, they have been handed over to me. And Satan was right. Please take note. He was right when he said that it has been handed over to me. Because Adam literally handed over every authority of his to Lucifer. That is why until Christ came, nobody could cast out devils. When Jesus Christ came and he was casting out devils, it was a new phenomenon. In our time, we are comfortable with it because we have the benefit of the hindsight. But see... For you to cast out devils, no wonder they say that mm, he cast out devils by the prince of devils, Beelzebub. Because they have not seen anything like that before. But they didn't know that they didn't have authority to cast out devils. Because Lucifer had the authority. Adam handed it over to him. So he now tempting Jesus said that all these things and the glory thereof have been given to me and I will give it to whomsoever I will if you only what? Bow. I like Jesus. Amen. Do you know some people were tempted that way and they yielded. They yielded. And this is the era that we're in. I'm, 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 I'm sounding a word of warning also, especially those of us who preach from the pulpit. There is that temptation of I want wealth for name, for fame, for popularity, where you want everybody to hear you. So you don't mind the sacrifice you can make just to get there only for you to realize that after you've gotten everything. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And when Satan is making such covenant, he doesn't tell you the end because he is a master deceiver. So he can give you the, you, he will start, you don't worry, this one is just something simple, just do this one. Just, I don't know the terms and conditions because I've not been there, but I know people have sold their soul to Satan. So they've gotten the name. First, they've gotten the wealth. And wealth is an amplifier. Money is an amplifier. So it amplifies your name. It makes you great in the sight of man. But I've thought about something. What shall it profit a man if after all said and done, after you have become great in the society, men have known you, and then this same soul finds him or herself in hell. Please, do you know what that means? Have you ever thought about that? Meanwhile, God never created any human being to ever go into everlasting damnation. Matthew 25 verse 41 says, The everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. No human being needed there. Unfortunately, Satan through his master art of deception has won some people already in hell. And as we're talking, they are suffering in hell. It's like going to cells. When you go to cells, you know that they are senior prisoners. Hell, actually, when Satan and his angels fell, they were cast down into the hell as like, I've cast you into cell. 
but to be judged and then condemned to everlasting imprisonment, which is the everlasting fire. So over there, they have been there before human beings ever went there. So as master, they have mastered hell. So when they deceive human beings with all the glory and the temptation thereof, unfortunately, do you know that those who go for such phenomenon, who get satanic help and glory, do you know what they lack? They lack grace. They lack peace. They can't even sleep alone. They always have to get bodyguards around. Are you there? No peace. They may have all the glamour. They may have all the name, the fame. Everybody can be celebrating them, but there is no peace on the inside. Ah, it's not, it's not worth it, I'm telling you. I said it's not worth it. It's better you sit by your banku and sit and Kobe alone and eat and enjoy and be okay than to get all the goodies of this life and still find yourself in hell. Because the day you enter hell, Satan will say, I got you now. Did you hear what I said? I said, I got you now. You thought you were enjoying it. I got you now. I got your soul. And then they will start, what is the word? Maltreating. Hey, and you think that's just a suffering? That's only the beginning. Because Satan, he doesn't care about anything because already his place has been determined. The everlasting fire prepared for the devil. He knows nothing can change it. That is why when Jesus Christ walked the earth, they were screaming, Hey, Jesus of, uh, uh, of Jesus, the Son of God, the Most High God, we just know you. We know who you are. Have you come here to destroy us before our time? They know that the day will come when they will be destroyed. They know it. So they have vowed. Satan has vowed. I see. Me, I'm not going there alone. No. Everyone who is created in the image and likeness of God, who is the object of God's love, we are the object of God's love. If there is anything God has put his love on, it's on you and me. Think about it. Say, I'm the object of God's love. Object of God's I don't know love. how many sins you've committed, but you are still the object of his love. Oh, if God wants to focus his love, it's on you. Amen. It's on me. Satan has vowed that, see, he wants to hurt God. You, you send me to hell. And you have condemned me to everlasting fire. Then I will make sure that because we are the apple of God's eye, he wants to put his hand in God's eye. And since he cannot reach out to God, then he will do it to the object of God's love. So he tempts man, just so that man will be won to his side. Unfortunately, when man goes to join him in hell, he starts maltreating, punishing, beating, keeping them in fire. Because already they are all going to the fire. And finally, at the white throne judgment, the Bible says that all these souls, you know the first person who will go to the everlasting fire? Read your Bible. The first person to ever go there is the Antichrist and his false prophet, the first two. They will go there even before Satan. Satan will be bound by an angel and put into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And towards the end of that thousand years, the Bible says that he will be released for a while. And he also go on with his art of deception. The Bible says he will go to the four quarters of the earth. Some names were mentioned. Gog, Magog. If you check the map very well, modern map, some names, you know, like Turkey, like uh, Saudi Arabia, like Iran, that, that are within that region of Gog and Magog. He will go and deceive. This is just last minute deception. You know? He will deceive multitudes. And the Bible says those who followed him were like the multitude of the sons of the seashore in number. And they will be marching to our camp. Because we will be literally headquartered in Jerusalem, posted to various nations during the thousand years, reigning with Christ here on earth. But they will be marching to our camp for war. For what? Can you imagine? You want to kill a, an immortal person. Somebody who does not die. How, how do you kill him? But we say fire will come from heaven and consume all of them. So the third person to go there 
will be Satan. He is not even the first. He has managed to deceive somebody who will become an antichrist because that person will be given the seat of Satan. Somebody will one day yield to this temptation where Satan says, I'll give you my glory, I'll give you my seat, and he will sit in it. He will be the antichrist with his false prophet doing miracles, signs, wonders, but it's not of God. And ultimately, they will be the first to go into the everlasting fire. After the thousand year reign, Satan will also go there. Then after that, everyone whose name is not found in the book of life who has been in hell all this while. Bible says hell will give up the dead in them and they will stand before the white throne judgment and they will also be judged and they will also be cast there. Please don't go there. Did you hear what I said? I said, please what? Don't go there. Don't go there. Please don't go. Please don't go there. Satan knows what he's looking for. If we yield to his temptation and we join him there, it's not worth it. So, after everybody who is not found in the book of life has joined him in hell, then the Bible says that hell will also be cast there. So, hell will also go into the everlasting fire. It's in the Bible, hell. And then the last one is death. They are all spirits. Hell is a spirit, according to scripture. And the Bible says hell is never satisfied. The more people go in, the more it's expanding. And the more he's making room for accommodation. Come, join me here. And there are various compartments lying on his back in the belly of the earth, accommodating souls. And death has been working with hell because death is a servant of hell. Killing people, taking them to hell. Killing and taking them to hell. So hell will be the last but one and death will also finally go there. Please, just imagine an environment of everlasting fire. And this fire... It's intolerable. I don't know how many people can tolerate it. You know how sometimes, yesterday, for instance, the temperature was 39 degrees Celsius. When you sit in your car, the thing burns you. 39 degrees Celsius is very hot. So I can imagine when God says everlasting fire, it is really everlasting fire. And then you have the Antichrist, his false prophet, Satan, all his angels, all his demons, they are all there. With all the wicked dead there, death is there, hell is there. Don't go. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, I refuse. I refuse to let Satan to let Satan trick me. Trick me into his deception. Into his deception. I'm walking out. I'm walking out on the devil today. Of the devil and today. I refuse. And I refuse to yield to yield to anything. To anything that would take away my peace. That would take away my peace and my joy. And my joy. Peace, eh, grace, and peace. They are not found in things. They are found when you get to know God. And his son Jesus Christ. Amen. I end my message. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know what? I can go can on and on better. and on. You can do better. You can I, do better. I can go on and on and on. Thank you. I can go on and on and on. But like I said, it will take eternity for us to know this God and his son Jesus Christ. And you will get to know that God is love. Amen. Maybe the summary of my message is that God is what? Love. Love. Yeah. God is love. And I pray that we will get this nature so much in us that we will also exhibit the love of the Father and reach out to those who must not be, I mean, who must not perish, who should not perish, because God cares about them as well. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless all those of us who are connected online, who also receive this message. Amen. I pray that on, on today, Father's Day, you will receive the Father's love. Amen. 
the Father in heaven who loved us while we were still sinners, may his love cover us. Amen. For love covers multitude of sins. May he, through his knowledge, the knowledge of God and of his son Jesus our Lord, yes, multiply Lord. grace and multiply peace Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May he give grace, for he gives grace to the humble. Amen. Let him give it in multiplied measure. Yes, Lord. Multiplied grace. Amen. Where you are not able to do things because of this inadequacy or this inability, mm. may God give you grace. Amen. May He multiply grace. Amen. In the name of Jesus yes, Christ, Lord. what naturally you could not attain, Amen. let grace bring it to your doorstep. Jesus. And let the peace of God Amen. fill your heart to the overflow. Amen. That in the midst of storms, you will live in peace. Let the peace of God keep you yes, Lord. well and sound in him. Jesus. May you be strong in Amen. the Lord and in the power of his mind. Yes, Lord. May he fill you with joy unspeakable, Amen. full of glory. Jesus. From today, I want to announce to everyone under the sound of my voice, yes, your Lord. life will reflect the fullness of God's glory. Amen. That those who knew you before Amen. Will acknowledge that something has changed about Amen. you. Amen. And you will tell them it is the Lord's doing is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And then you will use that as a basis to win them to your God. Yes, Lord. May what God will do in your life in the next 10 days Jesus. bring souls Amen. to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen. May, it, may you win a soul in the Amen. name of Jesus. May, may it ransom somebody Amen. who has been tempted to go into money ritual, selling their soul to Satan. Jesus. May it ransom such individuals Amen. from armed robbery, yes, from fornication, from adultery, Jesus. from licentiousness, Jesus. from lasciviousness, Jesus. from from rebellion. Yes, May your life rescue a soul Amen. who shall not perish Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those who have vowed that they will never step in church. Jesus. When they meet you, may they see church in you. Amen. May they see Jesus in you. Amen. May they see the beauty of Jesus Amen. in you. In the mighty name of Jesus Amen. Christ. May the Lord bless you with understanding. Yes, Lord. And keep you in his love. Jesus. Until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen.